you stopping by giving a listen and hanging out with us today this morning actually we're doing uh, a little bit different um as you know i always like to keep changing things up and trying new things out um so we're, we're back on facebook we're, we're back to st- streaming on facebook uh we've been on youtube for a couple months um i may end up trying out twitch in a little bit but i'm just trying to keep hopping from platform to platform and seeing which one uh I like the best, which has the best user experience, and which one also gives me the best kind of outreach to uh, all you guys um, so that we can get a lot of people in here. But anyways, uh, that's not what this is about. We're here to talk about sports. Um, And the reason this is a morning episode, I know typically we do the episodes Wednesday nights, um, and then the audio gets released Thursday. Uh, I'm still going to release the audio uh, version of this on Thursday morning to keep that consistent, but I'm going to be out of town the rest of this week starting, uh, this afternoon. Um, and so I still wanted to get an episode out this week cause I was off last week and I really wanted to kind of get back on here. Um, so I want to do that before he left. So we're doing a morning episode. So grab yourself a morning cup of Joe, or if you're like me and you don't drink coffee, um, Grab something to eat or a glass of water or nothing, and let's just talk some sports. Um, so a couple headlines uh, that we're going to go through. Is, uh, LeBron James uh, hates the playing tournament. Uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, achieves a new personal record. Um, the New York Knicks, that's the headline. Uh, Eva Marie is back in the WWE and uh, some drama surrounding Chelsea Green, the recently released uh, WWE superstar. Um, but so we're going to start off with kind of the namesake, uh, the the uh, title of this episode with LeBron James. Um, and I do want to start this off and give a little bit of co- just a tiny bit of context for myself that I, I am a huge LeBron James fan. I'm not like obsessive i'm not um you know i don't defend him at every corner and i think that's part of why i wanted to say this um before we got into the story but i do think he is often uh unjustly criticized or uh you know he has a lot a lot of people that hate him um i don't think anyone that listens to this show um or supports this show is falls into that category of people who like unrightfully or unjustly like hate on him. Um, you can have your opinion on him. You can, you know, I'm not even going to, again, I'm not going to get into the goat conversation, um, because it's entirely subjective. So, uh, it's just, it's a moot point. Um, but yeah. So anyways, so essentially, um, the NBA started last year when they were, um, in the bubble, um, they started a new play-in tournament for the playoffs. Uh, and essentially how that worked last year was that the eighth seed and the person or the team who was in the ninth seed at that point played uh, a, a two-game series, a best-of-two game series um, for the eighth seed. So it ended up being... Um, the Trailblazers were in eighth, and the Grizzlies were in ninth. And basically, uh, if the Blazers uh, won the first game, that was it. They were the eighth seed. Grizzlies were out. They were going home. But if the Grizzlies were able to win both games, then they would be the eighth seed, and Portland would go home. So that's how that worked last year. I really enjoyed it. I a I just I think it's a great idea um, to make the playoff picture and and kind of heading into the postseason a little more exciting. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was well done and we got a great game between Portland and Memphis that Portland ended up winning. Um, And this year they've changed it up a little bit. So now it's for the seventh through 10th seeds. So basically 
uh, how it works is the seventh and eighth seed play each other, and the ninth and tenth seed play each other, right? So seven and eight play each other, and whoever wins that, and I believe it's the same thing where if the higher seed wins one game, they get it. If the lower seed wins two games, they get it. So the seven and eight seed play each other for the seventh seed. Then the ninth and tenth seed play the loser of that for the eighth seed. So essentially, as it stands right now, uh, Portland is seventh, Golden State is eighth, Memphis is ninth, and San Antonio is tenth. So essentially, Portland and the Warriors would play each other, and then the Grizzlies and the Spurs would play each other. And then let's say the Blazers win and the Grizzlies win. So then Portland racks up the seventh seed. They're done. They are in the playoffs as a seventh seed. Then the Warriors would then play the Grizzlies for the eighth seed. Um, So it's a little different, and I don't like it as much because I think it, you know, you bring the seventh seed into it, which is fine. But I think then, you know, if you're the Warriors in this situation, you know, you're having to play essentially a minimum of two, if not a maximum of four uh, extra games before you get into the playoffs, Um, which for me is... It's just a little unfair, especially in a season like this where everyone's already exhausted, wiped out, uh, you know, and is dealing. Every team is dealing with injuries, um, and it's a compounded season. So to add extra games um, to to a couple of teams who are already fighting for their playoff spot towards the end of the season just feels a little unfair. Um, I don't really have a good alternative. I, I you know. I do like involving the seventh and tenth seeds to just make it a little bit more interesting and chaotic, uh, but I understand where some of the criticism can come into that. Um, but either way, I still think even if they were to fall back and default to last year's, where it was just the eighth and ninth seed play each other, I still think that was that was fun and that was fair. Um, that being said, though. Um, as it stands, like I said, seven through ten right now is the Blazers, the Warriors, uh, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. Now, as of I believe, I think it was over the weekend, like Sunday, maybe Saturday, the Lakers uh, dropped down to the seventh seed at one point. Uh, it was for it was very short lived. They're back up now to the fifth seed, um, but they were down in the seventh seed for just a moment, and there was uh, an opportunity for LeBron to comment on the play in tournament because at that point, then the Lakers were going to be playing in it, and he said, uh, "Whoever came up with that idea uh, needs to be fired. He hates it." Um, he didn't really go into any more detail other than whoever came up with that needs to be fired. Um, so very clearly upset with it. Um, which is interesting because he had never really commented on it this season prior to when they dropped into the seventh seed, uh, earlier this year when, uh, Dallas was kind of in the seven, eighth seed range, Luca and Mark Cuban uh, and a couple other people in the Mavs organization were complaining about the tournament. Uh, now we don't hear them complaining about it as much now that they've been in the fifth, sixth seed picture. Um, we haven't really heard Utah, Phoenix, Denver, uh, the Clippers. We haven't really heard them complaining about it that much at all. Um, we've heard the Grizzlies, I think, if I remember correctly, I think we've heard some of the Grizzlies complaining about it a little bit because they've been hovering around the 8th, ninth seed. But like we haven't heard the Warriors or the Spurs complain about it at all because it gives them an opportunity to make it into the playoffs. So it's just interesting, and it's a little bit of a bummer to kind of see, um, you know, these teams have no opinion on it, but then as soon as they have to play in it, they hate it. Um it's just a little 
I don't know. I don't know. I just don't really like it. Uh, and it's very obvious why they all of a sudden start commenting on it. But the interesting thing here is that we have the context that LeBron James said, whoever invented that, whoever came up with that idea needs to be fired. He doesn't like it. Very strongly opposed to it. Didn't say that until they were in the seventh seed. They're already back up to the fifth seed now, so they don't have to worry about it at this point. But let's take it back to a little bit over a year ago, about 14 months ago. In late March of 2020, the NBA is in a hiatus. They're in the middle of a hiatus with, um, at that point, I'd say no idea if the NBA was coming back at that point. And there's a quote here from that time, late March 2020, from LeBron James, who said, you got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's five or ten games left, why not those guys battle it out? Make them play each other all five games. So what you have there is LeBron James essentially coming up with the idea for a playing tournament for the playoffs. Um, and that is exactly what it didn't quite go as how he had said where they kind of just play each other the last like five games of the regular season because it logistically makes no sense because then you're having to rearrange everyone's schedules um, or just cut the season short. But then these people have to play. So his idea wasn't logistically sound, but essentially what he's saying is, hey, that was the seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th seeds that he named Portland, Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento. Um, They're all kind of hovering around the seven, eight, nine seeds. Uh, let's make them play each other. Let's make them battle it out in his own words. Make them play each other. Um, so there you have it. LeBron James essentially came up with the idea for the playing tournament. We know that, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say that the NBA had no plans or no uh, intention of doing anything like that, but then LeBron James said this, so then it instantly it was became, you know, so it is written, so it is done kind of thing. Um, but... You know, this is him having an organic idea of the lower seeds playing the people on the outskirts of the playoffs for those low seeds. Um, And we know that that ended up in a certain way coming to fruition. And now all of a sudden when he's having to play in it, which he's never been in that position before, uh, he's complaining about it, thinks the person needs to be fired, and he thinks it's a terrible idea. So essentially what we're hearing is LeBron James wants to fire himself from the NBA. So you heard it here first. LeBron James is calling for his own resignation, his own termination uh, from the NBA. So we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll see if LeBron puts up a fight against this call for his resignation or if he he bows out and just kind of takes takes that L. Um, We'll see. But I know LeBron is definitely going to push for... Uh, LeBron to be fired because he does not like this idea. So it's going to be a tough, close uh, situation. We'll see how it plays out. We'll definitely keep you updated here on Sports Talk with Swag. But uh, in all seriousness, it is just it, it's so it's it's just funny to me. I know I said in all seriousness, but it's just funny to me. Uh, you know, it's clear that LeBron is complaining about this tournament now because he would have to play in it and he doesn't want to have to play extra games. He's tired like everyone else is this season. Again, I can totally see why this season more than any others, players and teams and owners would not be super behind this idea because everyone's already just exhausted. Um, but like, it's just, you can just see the hypocrisy You can just read right between the lines. Um, And it's just so hilarious and hypocritical that LeBron organically came up with an idea for a play-in tournament. And now that he's having to play in it, he's like, this idea sucks. Um, Again, I'm a big fan of LeBron, but that doesn't mean he is immune from criticism or critique um, because this is just silly of him. Um, And I I think it's silly for all of these teams and players who didn't say anything or thought it was a fun idea last year for the playing tournament. Uh, But now all of a sudden when they're in jeopardy of having to play in it, they hate it and they think it's terrible and it's unfair and all this stuff. Um, So 
and, and that sparks an idea in my head, which I've had kind of ruminating around in my head for a couple of weeks now that I may end up doing a future episode on of, you know, whether or not today's NBA players are more entitled than previously. Um, and whether or not it's just amplified because of social media and broadcast nationwide television, um, you know, kind of toy with the idea of do today's NBA players complain more than usual and are, are they kind of more entitled than in previous seasons or in years? Or is it just that now they're all on social media, all the news and media outlets are on social media and so all of these quotes, all these thoughts that they give, even to just local news and media, can make it all the way around the world in seconds for everyone to see. Um, but again, that's an idea for a future episode, but just something to think about, food for thought. Um, but yeah, so that, that that I just thought that was really funny that I think that was on Sunday or Saturday that LeBron was quoted for saying that. Um you know, it's just interesting. Um, like I said, they're already back up to the fifth seed at this point, so nothing to worry about for them right now. But again, those lower, you know, five through eight seeds, uh, e- even through ten, really, are all kind of up for grabs and very close to each other. Um, and it, it is interesting for the Lakers because LeBron it, uh, did sit out. I think it was either last night's game or he's sitting out tonight's game. Um, after re-aggravating his ankle injury, which he made him miss 20 games previously. So not a good sign. Dennis Schroeder is also Schroeder, Schroeder, is also out for, uh, I believe, a little bit more than a week um, for the health and safety protocols. Anthony Davis is still kind of getting back to 100% um, and to, into playing form. So very interesting kind of next two weeks for the Lakers, the end of their regular season and their playoff spot very much in flux. So we will see how that um, how that goes. But uh, another thing I wanted to hit on um, is just the chaos that has been happening in the Western Conference. So as I've kind of been mentioning, the Western Conference playoff picture has been pretty crazy, pretty wild. Um, <clears throat> and you know, oopsies, what am I doing here? Sorry. Um, someone tweeted out at Dan Clayton. Um, I always like to make sure I give credit to people whose information I'm using. So at Dan Clayton on Twitter, they tweeted out, um, the playoff, the, the Western conference standings one through 10, uh, in the last 60 hours. And essentially, the one and two seeds um, have flipped back and forth between Phoenix and Utah four times. So in the last 60 hours, it was Phoenix is the one seed, then it went to Utah, then it went back to Phoenix, and now it's back to Utah. And obviously, the two seed has been the inverse of that. Um The Clippers and Nuggets have switched in the three and four seeds. So it was the Clippers, and now it's Denver in the third seed. Uh, And again, the inverse in that for the fourth seed. The Lakers and the Mavericks have swapped the fifth and sixth seeds five times. So it went Lakers, Mavs, Lakers, Mavs. Now it's back to the Lakers again in the fifth seed. Inverse of that for the sixth seed. And then this is where it gets really interesting. The seventh seed went from Portland to Dallas, back to Portland. The eighth seed went from Memphis to Golden State. The ninth seed went from San Antonio, San Antonio to Golden State to Memphis. And the tenth seed went from Golden State to San Antonio. So I know that's a little hard to follow just hearing it. Um, but essentially, one and two has f- swapped four times over the last 60 hours. Three and four has switched twice, I guess once. Five and six has switched three times. Uh, Seven has switched three times. Eight has switched twice. Nine has switched three times. And 10 has switched twice. Um, Obviously, the biggest jumps are Golden State going from 10 to 8. And um, Memphis going from 
eight to nine. Um, but just crazy, absolutely chaotic and awesome. I think, I think this is so much better and more interesting than when there's so much parody and it's just like all the seeds are set and it's basically just like, you know, no one is really vying for a playoff position. Um, I, I think this is great. I I'm really enjoying it. Um, and kind of getting to just experience all this again, this like chaos that's happening. Um, but yeah, so that's just really fun. That's all I really wanted to say on that. There's, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's interesting. Who knows how the playoff picture is going to end up. I don't know how many, let's see. Let's try to do some quick math here. So I think there's, I think everyone in the NBA has around seven games left in the regular season. Um, so again, anything can happen here. Um, especially, you know, for like the Lakers, for instance, with their injury issues, they could, I don't think it's going to happen, but they could very well completely drop out of the playoff picture and not make it into the playoffs uh, because they're just not that far ahead up in the standings where they've, they've clinched a playoff spot. Um, I think at this point, I think, again, this is just the Western Conference. The Eastern Conference is a little more set. But I think at this point, the Suns and the Jazz are the only teams in the West that have clinched a playoff spot. I think that's how crazy close the West is, if I remember correctly. But I could be wrong. The Clippers and Nuggets may have also clinched playoff spots, but... Five and down have not, so it's crazy. Um, all right, so another kind of note uh, from last night, very much breaking news. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, a former Nick, now with the Portland Trailblazers, has moved up into the top 10 of all-time scoring leaders in the NBA. He is number 10. He passed Elvin Hayes. Elvin has been in the top 10 uh, for, let's see, 40 years, <laughs> just about. He played um, in the 60s and 70s and in, into the early 80s. So I guess, yeah, you could say maybe 40, 40 years. Um, and he's now out. So bye, Elvin. Um but yeah, so Carmelo Anthony last night, uh, he passed him by one point. Um, but so he is he is now number ten in the all time scoring leaders. I don't think he's gonna make it to um to nine by the end of the season, but he definitely should next year. I think it's only like a couple hundred points away. Um but yeah, so huge congratulations to him. Uh a future first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, it's pretty crazy to think about, and uh, he spoke about this a little bit after the game last night. Of He was entirely out of the league two years ago. I think some people may forget that. Um, he's had a wild kind of five years, five the past five years in the NBA. So he was on the Knicks, um, <clears throat> and then their relationship kind of soured, and then he ended up in Oklahoma City, where he played, I believe, two seasons, um, and his role was significantly diminished playing alongside Russell Westbrook and Paul George there. Um, they had a couple of early round playoff exits and then um, ended up going to the Rockets and I think played a total of like 20 minutes with them before he was cut from them, which a lot of people thought he was going to be like a key role, especially playing with Chris Paul there. Um, a lot of people thought that he could have kind of been the X factor, but for whatever reason, it just did not work at all between him and the Rockets. And then he was just out of the league. No one would sign him. He was out for like, I think like a year um, around. Uh, just nothing was going on. Um, wasn't really getting any traction. You know, we saw, <coughs> excuse me, we saw him popping up uh, in Brooklyn and so there were, you know, some rumors that he was going to sign with Brooklyn. Um, but then he uh, ended up signing with Portland. And he's been with them since last year. And I think he's been a, a, a big part for them. He was crucial 
for them last year in the bubble, I think, for all the success they had. Excuse me. Um, he played well, uh, and he's he's done well for them this season as well. And you know, he's now into the top ten all time um, NBA scoring. So again, congratulations to him. A great <coughs> excuse me, a great accomplishment for him. Well deserved. Um, and I think we'll get we're going to see him keep moving up because I think he intends to keep playing. Uh, but speaking of former Knicks, well, let's, we're going to actually just talk about the Knicks now. Um, the New York Knicks are rolling, man. They are on fire. Um, they had a great win last night against the Grizzlies. Um, Derek Rose, you know, vintage looked vintage, vintage Derek Rose. Oh my gosh. Um, he couldn't compliment his teammates enough and they were all proud. I just saw happy of him and the post game interview. It just looks like they're having a lot of fun. They really enjoy playing with each other. They're having the most chemistry on court than they ever have at this point. Um, you know, this kind of team. And they're rolling. They are currently 37 to 28, which is a 57% win percentage. Um, and they're f- the fourth seed in the East right now. Um, so they've they've secured a winning season uh, for the first time since 2012, I believe it was, which was also the last time that they made it to the playoffs. Um, they are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. That one loss coming to coming uh, against the Suns, who are the number one, number two seed in the West, um, one of the two or three best teams in the NBA. So that's their only loss in their last... I mean, before that as well, they were on like a, uh, I think, eight-game winning streak. So, yeah, so nine and one in the last 10. Uh, they're one and a half games in front of Atlanta, who is the current fifth seed. Um, and another surprising note that I found out when researching for this and kind of just looking up at the standings, they're only three and a half games behind the Bucks. Um, you know, I know that the big thing right now in the NBA is to either be a, basically a Knicks fan or a Knicks adjacent fan who is just like, this is awesome. Like, let's go Knicks. Like, this is so awesome to see. They're great. Like, they could make a run in the East. And then there's just the haters who are just like, all right, cool. Like it's the East. They're only the fourth seed and like no one's touching the top three teams. Like no one's going to get past them, blah, blah, blah. They're the untouchables. Like those are only real threats, contenders, whatever, which I don't totally disagree with because I do think that those three teams are on a, a fairly different level than everyone below them. But you have to acknowledge the fact that the Knicks right now are only three and a half games behind Milwaukee. I don't know what either of their schedules look like for the rest of the season, but like the Knicks could end up as a higher seed than the Bucks, and they could end up as the three seed and the Bucks be the fourth seed. And like you can't ignore that. You can't just like move past that and just like not say anything about it. Like that deserves recognition, and that's like wild. Um, I, I just don't think anyone is really taking the Knicks seriously still or as seriously as they should be. Julius Randle, I think it's a wrap for him for most improved player. I don't think anyone is even close to the improvement that he's made. Um, he's the absolute alpha dog and leader of this team. Um, I mean, he should be in the MVP conversation as well. I'm not saying he should win it. I don't think he should. I think Nikola Jokic is the clear-cut winner. But again, to be in the conversation, I think is absolutely valid. I know that, again, the you know ESPN... A lot of the media outlets um, or like, you know, kind of Twitter people you'll see love to just bash Julius Randle being in the MVP conversation. They're like, this is ridiculous. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is Julius Randle we're talking about. Like, this is the MVP. Like, he can even, you know, whatever. Like, he's not even close to their, their level of play. But, like, I'm not saying he should win MVP. I'm not saying he should be a unanimous MVP, like, you know, first ever to happen since Steph and, like, one only, like, the five to ever get unanimous MVP. I don't think he should win it, and I don't think he's, like, a clear-cut, like, oh, my God, he's the best player in the NBA. But to be in the conversation, absolutely. I think he 100% should be 
in the conversation because he is extremely valuable to the Knicks. And I don't think they're anywhere near where they are now without him. Um, sure, Derek Rose is playing great, and he's been a good addition for them. Um, and, you know, a lot of the younger guys, R.J. Barrett, guys like that, are really helping this team out. Uh, but, like, obviously Julius Randle is the glue, and he is the the at the forefront of this Knicks team. Um, so, anyways, it just kind of gets me fired up when people just, like, like oh, it's the Knicks though. Like come on, like it's, they're in the East or like oh, like he's not the MVP. I'm not saying he should win MVP, but he should definitely be in the conversation. I think he's uh, yeah. I'm just gonna re- keep repeating myself at this point. But Julius Randle, great player, should win Most Improved Player for sure. Um, and I think you know, am I saying the Knicks are gonna come out of the East? No, I don't think they can beat the Nets or the Sixers, or the Bucks in a seven-game series. I don't think they're going to get out of the East, but I think they'll absolutely make it out of the first round. I think there's a decent shot of them making it into the Eastern Conference Finals because you never know what's going to happen, and a team can catch fire, and when they have a lot of chemistry going, the Heat showed us last year what that can do for a team. I mean, they were the fifth seed. Um, they swept the Pacers. They beat the Bucks in five games, and then they beat the Celtics in six games. So, like, I don't know. No one was expecting a finals run, let alone even making it to the Eastern Conference Finals for them, but... They just were flying low under the radar. They had some players step up in the playoffs, um, and they had a great leader on their team, and they just had a lot of chemistry that was overlooked. And I think, I'm not saying the Knicks are going to do the same thing and are going to make a run to the finals, but all it takes is a little, you know, a little bit of luck and a little bit of like that kind of flying under the radar, a little bit of trickery kind of thing um, to beat one of those top three seeds and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that's out of the question for the Knicks this year. Um, you know, the Bucks and the 76ers are both fairly unproven in the playoffs. Um, we've seen time and again both Embiid and Giannis either not have it in them to kind of be the X factor to take their team out of the East or they aren't healthy enough and they're too injury-prone to help, um, or they just choke year in and year out. Both the 76ers and the Bucks have proven that. Um, you know, We'll see what happens with the Nets. I, I think at this point they're their clear-cut favorite to make it out of the East. Um, but even them, like I can't remember the last time that Kyrie, Harden, and Durant all played together. I, don't, like, I think they've played like four games together. Um, they are all consistently injured or being rested. So we'll see what happens again. Come playoff time, a lot of them are going to push through those injuries and they're getting rested right now to be healthy for the playoffs. But I don't know, man. I just It's the playoffs and I still think that anything can happen with them. So look out for the Knicks is all I'm saying. Um. Let's move on to uh, some some wrestling, some WWE talk. Um, I like to. I'm trying to kind of intermix them more together, not have episodes be solely focused on one sport or the other. Um, but so, this is some more breaking news. Um, last night, uh, a vignette aired on Monday Night Raw, uh, teasing the return of Eva Marie. And the crowd went mild. Um, So there's a couple things to this here. So first of all, for those of you who don't know who Eva Marie is, um, let's just say I think she would have done better in the WWE if she had gotten there pre-Woman's Evolution. So basically back when they were called the Divas and they weren't wrestling much and it was much more about, hey, 
this person is really hot. Let's throw them in some sexy, you know, outfits. Maybe they'll have a match. Maybe they probably won't. And it'll be more of like, oh, like we're going to fight each other in a, uh, in a mud pit match, or we're going to be the valet for this person. And it's just all about the looks and selling sex essentially. Um, which can have its place if it's done right and it's done tastefully. Uh, but that's just not what people are really wanting anymore. Um, out of their women's divisions in wrestling. Um, and we've kind of progressed past that as a society for the most part. <laughs> um, clearly not enough because she's still being brought back. But so essentially... She spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time in developmental, and you know she was very green. She did not know how to actually wrestle. <clears throat> she was clearly hired for her looks. Um, and then she got called up to the main roster, and they basically had this thing for her character where for what felt like months, if not literally a year, I don't know how long it actually was, but it felt like it just kept dragging on. But essentially... She would come out for a match because she'd never wrestled a match on television. She would come out for a match and then something would happen and she wouldn't be able to fight. So she'd come out and she'd have a wardrobe malfunction and so they'd have to cancel the match. Or she'd come out and going up the ring steps, she'd twist her ankle so she wouldn't be fit to compete. Or, you know, she was feeling sick, so she didn't make it to the venue that night. Just it, it, That was, like, literally her shtick was every single week, there's just a new excuse or reason for her to not wrestle. And I don't even remember if there was a payoff to it, and if there was, I don't remember what it was. Um, I remember her being a part of a WrestleMania match that was, like, it was, like, her and like the Bellas and like Naomi versus like Tamina and like Paige and a couple heels or something. I don't remember. It was just like a big, like multi-person tag match of like the baby faces get like the, the nice, like feel good victory. And I know she was a part of that team. I don't remember if she did anything, but again, I just don't remember anything about it, but that was her thing. And then, um, she ended up being released. And so she hasn't been with the company for like four years, I think maybe five years. Um, and so now they're bringing her back and the vignette that aired gave me the impression that they're just going to give her the exact same character and just do the exact same thing again, where she's just uber sexy and schmoozing all these people backstage in these vignettes. And, um, I like I literally am a hundred percent expecting them to do the exact same thing. Well, she'll come up for a match, um, and we'll twist her ankle on their way to the ring and not be able to fight. And they'll just do that again and again and again and again and again. Um, so I, I have extremely low expectations. I, I I could care less that she was re-signed, but what really makes it sting the most is coming off the heels of two weeks ago, where the WWE released um, Mickey James, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, and Chelsea Green, all for budget cuts. But then they were able to find the money to rehire Eva Marie, who is not remotely as talented as any of those women, uh, is entirely unproven compared to all those women, uh, and no one was asking for her to be re-signed. Like, it's not like they cut all four of them so they could sign uh, Tessa Blanchard or something. You know, or you know, someone who's a well-proven, um, highly desired superstar in the company. It's just no one wanted even Marie back. She's unproven. No one liked her in her first run. Everyone was upset to see her get signed back. At a bit, but again, it just it stings a little more because they just cut four really talented women who deserved this the time to to shine and to prove themselves. Um. Uh, but instead were fired or released, laid off uh, for Eva Marie. So who knows? I mean, I don't even know when she's going to debut. I mean, obviously there's 
a certain part of it that, you know, you can look at it and be like, well, this is a big win because everyone is talking about it right now. Like if you go on social media, even Marie is the talk of the town in, in the wrestling community. So it's, it's controversial. It's stirring up media attention and any, uh, any media is good media kind of thing. So obviously it's, it's a business win in that regard, but I just, I really feel for those women that were cut a few weeks ago, even more now knowing that they value Eva Marie over them. Um, and again, I don't think you can find a single fan who would rather have Eva, Eva Marie than Mickey James or the Iconics or even Chelsea Green. Um, which kind of leads into our last topic for the day, which is Chelsea Green. Um, and so as I mentioned, she was part of the uh, the Doomsday kind of spring cleaning releases a couple weeks ago by the WWE. Obviously, most people were upset about the Iconics and Mickey James, um, but... Chelsea Green, I think, was someone who people thought deserved the chance to kind of prove herself. She's had a really bad string of injuries that has really been unfortunate for her um, and, and has continually like halted any progress she could make. Um, but she also has had her fair share of issues with the companies she's worked for with her attitude. I mean, I remember watching her. She was on uh, Tough Enough. Um back in 2016, I believe, um, which I believe was the last season they did, where, um, which is the same one where Velveteen Dream came out of that class. Um, Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville came out of that class. I can't remember who else, but um, Chelsea Green was a competitor. She ended up not winning. Um, but she had attitude issues, and that was why she was actually voted off the show was because of her attitude. Um, but that being said, um, so, you know, she, she isn't super beloved by the fans, but she's not like hated. Um, she just hasn't really had time to prove herself either way. Uh, and she was released. So there's a, a, a bit of drama in two different aspects. So we're going to go in reverse chronological order. So last week at some point, she posted uh, some fan art. It was this really cool art piece. Um, I, I should have looked up who it was that did it. Um, I think they're, it was like Sunny Boy or something like that, their Twitter handle. Um, <clears throat> but they, uh, they did this really cool art piece of Chelsea Green, um, and she ended up tweeting it out and um, didn't credit the artist. And the artist saw that. And so, you know, obviously as an artist at that point, you can go a couple of different routes, but this person went um, the super friendly route and they just DM'd her and they said, Hey, I noticed you use my art. I'm still an up and coming artist. So I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not going to try to like charge you or ask for money for it. Cause I'm not at that level yet, but I would really appreciate if you could just give me credit. That's all I ask. Like, you don't have to take it down. You don't have to give me any money. Just like, if you could just tag me and give me the credit for the art, that would be awesome. Um, to which Chelsea Green replied, um, I'll delete it. And the artist again replied and said, oh, you don't have to do that. Like, I'm really happy that you liked my art. That means a lot. Um, I would love, you know, I'm trying to get my name out there. I would love for you to keep it up. But if you could just tag me and just give me credit. That's all I'm asking. Um, to which Chelsea green, um, did not respond and then just deleted the picture and moved on. And so obviously at that point, the artist was upset. And so they shared the DMS. Uh, and again, we're very respectful. Didn't say like, screw Chelsea green. Like no one hire her. Like everyone, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they were just like, this is a real bummer. I'm, you know, a small time artist who's trying to get my name out there and, you know, just get more freelance, uh, work and gigs. Uh, please, if you're someone in a position like this, please, please, please like give the artist credit. That's all they, you know, that they deserve that. That's all they ask a lot of times in my position to which then obviously fans took that and ran with it and, uh, there was a couple other stories that came up then of just Chelsea Green kind of randomly having a bad attitude towards people. I remember there's an account that I followed 
that I still follow, um, who tweeted out how a couple years ago when Chelsea Green was signed by the WWE to NXT, they congratulate like literally they just tweeted like congratulations to Chelsea Green for getting signed to the WWE. Hope the best for you. And she blocked them. Uh, so really weird. Um, again, kind of goes back to the attitude of just like some questionable decisions. But eventually then Chelsea Green reposted the picture and said, credit where credit is due and then tagged the person. Which like you couldn't have more begrudgingly like given an artist credit and like given them what they deserve. Like instead of being like, man, I, I'm sorry that this all blew up. Like uh, I absolutely should have given credit. Like this is an awesome art piece. Thanks again to at whatever. Um, and just taking the high road and just like been cool about it. But instead, of course, she did what she always does, which is just being really salty and weird. And um, just said credit where credit is due and tagged a person and reposted the, the, uh, the artwork. So that was really weird. Um, and that led to sour taste in my mouth about Chelsea green, but only a couple days before that, uh, at this point, I think this was like two, maybe three days after she had, um, been released by the WWE, obviously like a lot of talent do. She like went on a media, a mini media tour. Um, because obviously a lot of publications and media outlets are going to want to talk to recently released, uh, talent. You know, we've seen that with, you know, like uh, John Moxley going on Talk is Jericho and just like spilling a lot of beans and just um, critiquing the WWE for what they did wrong and why he wanted to leave. Um, you know, we've seen that with um, Chris Jericho when he left. Um, we've seen it with, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes. We've seen it with a bunch of people. Um, so... She she did that as well, and I don't know who this interview was with, but essentially they asked her, I think, like, you know, had you been pitching any ideas to WWE before you were released? And she said, oh, yeah, I'd been pitching a ton of ideas. Um, you know, one of them was to be uh, Charlotte's protege and kind of be, like, under her wing, like mentor-mentee kind of thing. One of them was to be like a sexy nun or like a worshiper of Seth Rollins because, you know, his whole gimmick was like the the Messiah. Um, and so her kind of being like a follower of him. Um, one of them was to be like Dominic's girlfriend. Um, one of them was to be a triconic where she put on this really bad fake Australian accent and tried to like get in with the Iconics to try to split them up. But then they like they realize that's what she's trying to do and, and that she's the one who's being crazy. Um, her words. And once that kind of came out, wrestling Twitter kind of ran with it. and was just like, this girl is losing her mind. Like she was just trying to get herself into any main event picture she could. Like, what are you doing? Like none of these, these are all like ridiculous. None of these would have worked just completely bashing all the ideas. And I was like really shocked. Like when I read that, I actually replied to someone who tweeted out and I was like, listen, I don't hate most of those ideas. Like, sure. They obviously need to be fine tuned, but you know, like you can't, you can't fault her for shooting her shot and for trying to get herself on television, but also you can't shoot down these ideas and say, Oh, like that's so like, like, oh, like a sexy, like, worshiper of, like, Seth Rollins. Like, that's so dumb. That's so unbelievable. Like, no one would buy that. But it's like, all right, yeah, but you have to look at, like, but we see Braun Strowman on Monday nights having a train whistle effect when he when he does his run around the ring and barrel into someone. Like, we have Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and Randy Orton doing all that stuff where he's spitting up black paint or whatever out of his mouth and there's mind control and someone being burned alive, but coming back to life, like you have, you know, it just, there's so many other ideas that are more ridiculous and crazy. And I'm not saying that fans are buying into them, but like they're getting through and they're getting put on television approved by Vince. Um, a lot of them are his actual ideas. So like you can't, fault these ideas because they're not nearly as crazy or ridiculous as these other ones that we're seeing on our TVs week in and week out. Um, 
And again, I don't think you can fault her at all for just doing anything she can and coming up with ideas to get herself on television. Like that's what these talent have to do when they're sitting in catering. Um, they're a little unproven, but they're wanting to prove themselves and they're wanting to get their chance to shine and to like, you know, get their two minutes on TV to just be able to wrestle and not just sit in catering. Um, so I give Chelsea Green a lot of credit for those ideas and for coming up with them, having the guts to to pitch all of them. Um, you know, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see anything at all with her career kind of play out in the WWE. Um, she did have a, a, some some good moments in NXT, um, but on the main roster, we didn't really get to see anything. Um, again, you know, she's a controversial superstar. She's had her attitude issues, um, and she's still a little unproven in the ring. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that specific situation, uh, was worthy of the criticism that it got. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's kind of it. That's, that, that's our show. Um, yeah, I, I, I need to work on my outros, man. I'm so bad with kind of wrapping up and getting into an outro. Um, I just feel like it's always such an abrupt, like change and it's just awkward and weird, but anyways, um, make sure you follow the podcast on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube are sports talk with swag. So make sure you follow those accounts and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you know, I guess, as I said, right now, we're kind of going back to streaming on Facebook. But if we go back to YouTube, you're going to want to be subscribed to the channel so you can keep up with it. Um, I may try to start doing some standalone YouTube videos with just doing like some tier lists or just like really short kind of episodes, you know, just like five or 10 minutes to talk about one thing. Um, we'll see about that, though. Um but yeah, uh, Twitter is stwscast. That's where I'm the most active, so make sure you follow that account. Um, you can listen to the audio uh, of this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. I recommend Spotify. That's my personal favorite, but you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, you can send an email to sportstalkerswag at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I do want to thank you for, uh, for listening or for watching and checking out this, this podcast. I do appreciate it. And we will, uh, see you in the next episode. Peace.